0: Hey, glad to see you this morning. Uh, The ushers are going to come. They're going to give you some invitation cards. It's kind of going with my last in my series, Connecting to the World. And uh, ushers, whenever you're ready there, they're going to make their way up here. and You'll see some packets coming by. I want to encourage everyone to take one of these. And I'm going to illustrate at the end of the message and uh, show you how to use this little guy. But I've been doing a series now for really the whole month. And uh, it's called Connecting uh, Connecting to God, Family, Ministry in the World. And it says, I love my church. That's been our series. We'll use these t-shirts throughout the spring. But the purpose has been to show you how our local church can help you grow in your spiritual life. And would you agree with me that spiritual growth is probably, should be our greatest priority in life? Once we become a Christian, then walking with God each day, growing stronger, uh, our Christian life, uh, making strides, improvements, I mean, all that stuff is God's uh, best for us, but it doesn't happen automatically. I mean, you're not going to grow just because you're, you know, pick up your Bible sometimes or just because you come to church. It's deliberate, and we're helping you. And I've been telling you how our church can help you do that. You remember our mission statement takes four fingers. What we try to do in this church is help you connect to God, friends, ministry, and the world. Come on, try it with me, four fingers. We connect people to God, friends, ministry, and the world. Connecting to God through encouraging you your daily time with God, 15 minutes a day with God. Connecting encouraging you to worship in a weekend service, to get on a pathway of spiritual growth so it's deliberate. Connecting to the right friends. How many know if you've got a Paul to mentor you, a Barnabas to share life with, and a Timothy for you to disciple, how many know that's the right people in our life? Connecting to friends. They're here at this church. Uh, Connecting to ministry. That's what we talked about last week. Ministry is serving the Lord. It's the sense that God has given all of us gifts, abilities, resources, talents, and He expects us to use a portion of those to build His kingdom. And the thing we need to be aware of is one day we're all going to stand before God on what's called Judgment Day, the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ, and He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Well, I don't know about you, but I want to hear Jesus say, well done. Well, that was last week, and this week we're going to cover the last one, connecting to the world. Now, the world is simply a way of saying people all over this planet that need a Savior. And I've been helping you in your spiritual growth, encouraging you to adopt some goals for the whole year. Very, very simple to grow spiritually after we leave this series. And they're on the screen behind me. But the first one is 15 minutes a day with God. Yeah, go ahead and hand us those cards, please. 15 minutes a day with God. In those 15 minutes, you are reading your Bible, you're praying. I do it almost every day of my life. If I miss a day, I pick it up the next day. This next one, weekend service plus one, whenever you're in town, that's what you're doing this morning, coming to a weekend worship experience. But it's the plus one that's a biggie, that you would go to a life group, that you somehow find a circle of friends to share life with. But number two, that plus one is find a place to serve. So if you're doing that, I promise you it works. And then this last one, connecting people to the world, and we call it a pack a week. So they're handing out now that pack a week. It's not cigarettes, but that pack a week is just invitation cards encouraging people to connect with Christ. And I'm going to talk about it today. Uh, This morning, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, I've entitled this Connect to the World, and I want to tell you three things this morning. And the first one is this, lost people matter to God. Can you say that with me? Lost people matter to God. I'll tell you what lost means in a moment. The second thing is, God wants us to reach out or rescue lost people. Rescue is going to be a big word this morning. God wants us to rescue them. And then lastly, sharing your faith is easy. That is, you connecting with people in need of Christ, it's an easy thing to do, and I'm going to help you with that this morning. So let's start with the first one. Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, lost people matter to God. Now, this is a story about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Let's read just a little of his story. Zacchaeus was actually the chief tax collector, and he'd become very rich. Now, Zacchaeus, was, he was kind of working for the Roman government, somehow in cahoots with the Jews. But this guy had lots of money, but he didn't get it all legally. This was a guy that would skim off the top. This would get the guy that would use a a big Roman soldier, you know, like you've seen mafia movies. Well, that's how that thing worked. I mean, they would take as much as the state had to get, but they would get whatever they can on top. And that's why he was rich. And how many know that's the heart of his lifestyle? Now, listen to what it says. Here's a guy, though, he had all these things. Now, you would think... If you've ridden through, perhaps, portions of our city, and, and you ride by and you see, boy, there's a big house and a nice pretty car in front, and boy maybe has a tennis court or a swimming pool, and you may think, if I had all those things in life, I'd be happy. You know what? That's the life Zacchaeus lived, but he realized something was missing in his life. Let me know there's a God-shaped hole in all of our hearts that can only be filled by Christ. And that's what Zacchaeus had. So he went looking for Jesus. Verse 3, he tried to look at him, but he's a real short guy, and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he climbed into a sycamore or a fig tree. So you get the picture. Jesus is walking through town, and here's this guy sitting in a tree. Verse 5, Jesus came to him and called him by name. Now here's a cool thing. Jesus knows every one of us by name. Jesus knows all about us, but he still loves us. And that's what amazes me. I tend to be kind of a performance based person. I tend to be, you know, I, I know when I mess up, therefore I don't deserve right treatment. Well, God's in the mercy business. Aren't you glad for that? He's a merciful God. So he found Zacchaeus, but the religious people, interestingly, verse 7, they were displeased and said, He's gone to be the guest of a what? Notorious sinner, which means he was a really bad guy. Now here's the great dilemma in Christianity. Every one of us knows we should live a righteous and holy life. Come on, so both hands, both feet. But at the same time, we mess up all the time. If you're like me. Anybody like me in the room today? The rest of you liars out there? Come on, we all mess up. But so it's attention. We are called to be holy and righteous, but yet when we fail, in God's mercy, He still wants us to come to Him. Well, Zacchaeus, known as a sinner, uh, and Zacchaeus verse 8 said something very interesting. He said, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give back four times as much. Now, why do you think he did that? I'll tell you exactly why. When you come to Christ, nobody has to tell you what's wrong in your life. The Holy Spirit that's come to live inside your heart, inside your life, will begin to put his finger on things that are out of whack. How many have been had a little cleaning going on in life? Yeah, I have. It's like God just cleaning you up, and it's not because you have to; it's because you want to. It's not because you're scared of God, but you love Him. Uh, my wife, of course, and a missions team—they're in the Philippines now and uh, coming home in a couple days. Well, I sent her a text the other day and says, "Honey, I've got some surprises for you all around the house." And I wouldn't tell her what they were, but my wife, she likes that kind of stuff. So I just, we got some things done for her, and and, uh, I do that not because I'm trying to bribe her or because I messed up real bad. I do it because I love her. And see, that's the same reason that as a Christian, I stop doing some things, or at least I attempt to, that everybody else may be doing, but in my heart I know it's it's wrong. And uh, so that's what Zacchaeus did. And Jesus responded in an incredible way. You see, Jesus' response revealed the condition of his heart. Jesus said, salvation has come to this home today. In other words, because you turned to Christ and in your heart reached out to Him for forgiveness, dedicated in your life to follow Him, He saved you from the consequences of sin. And it's this next phrase, for the Son of Man came to, say it with me, seek and save those who are what? Those who are lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now to be lost means to be separated from our God in heaven. It means to be separated from our Heavenly Father because of our sin. And that's what Adam and Eve did. That's the mess that they got us in. Uh, I remember my son got lost. We were duck hunting when he was 12 and, and I was still hunting. He got cold, wanted to go to the truck. I got back to the truck at 1230 and there's no John. And I began to panic because it was in the woods along the little river. And uh, I blew the horn. I shouted. I didn't hear anything. I fired a shot, and uh, I did hear a shot back. And that was uh, encouraging. But it took me about 45 minutes to get there. And when I found him, this 12-year-old was sprawled out on the ground. It was hypothermia was starting to set in. It took me five minutes to kind of get him coherent. I mean, no, that boy needed rescuing. Well, that's the exact picture that I'm going to share with you today and that's what Jesus Christ has done for all of us. We're lost and He came looking for us and then He found us and restored us to God. So that's kind of, that's kind of the picture there. Um, I can say this, my wife's not here. We didn't tell mom that story for about ten years Um, um, for good reason. Uh, he, he, He also stepped on an alligator that morning. It was not a good day in the Miller household. Uh, But anyway, he still duck hunts. He's alive. He's got all his fingers and digits, and a mom, uh, you know, lets him go again. I guess he can. He's 25 now. But that was a troubling day. And just as as a father, I'm having thoughts, my God, what's happened to my son? Because when I found him, his gun was jammed into the mud. If he tried to fire again, it would have exploded. I mean, and and you're a dad looking for your lost child. The, The movie Taken, this guy looking for his daughter that's been kidnapped. I mean, why, are, why, why as a parent, no one else was looking for my son, you know. Uh, why was I looking for him? Because I'm a father. And that's the same heart that your heavenly father has towards us when we're away from him. Remember the song Amazing Grace? Sure you do. Everybody in the world has heard that song probably. It's the most popular, at least, song in the world. It goes like this. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now what? I once was lost and now I'm was blind, but now I see. So it's this idea of rescue. See, God loves lost people, and how many know all of us were lost until we came to Christ. It's like Adam and Eve walked out of the Garden of Eden, continuing to walk away from God. And then, as God finds us, if I can use the word, or as we find God, we become back uh, as His children. But God loves people, and He's got a great plan to rescue us from sin's power. First Timothy chapter one fifteen says this. This saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance. Now that's the same statement that you or your children will hear if they go into a secular uh, university or secular class in a science class. The science professor will say something like this. He won't use these words, but this is what he or she is saying. Nothing created everything. Think about it. Nothing created everything and it was created for no purpose. What a shallow foundation to totally do away with God and call it evolution. They don't say words like that, but that's what is the hidden meaning. And they say that's trustworthy. Well, let me give you something a little more trustworthy. It's deserving full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to do what? Save sinners, which is every one of us in this room. Come on, every person on this planet separated from God because of sin, because we inherited it all from Adam and Eve. To save sinners of who I'm the foremost. Now, this word save is what I'm going to focus on because to save means to rescue. Jesus rescued us from the power of sin. And I want to show you a little video clip that, 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 that uh, is a metaphor of rescue that we're going to look at spiritually today. But uh, take a peek at it It's from the movie The Guardian, and uh, you're going to see a Coast Guard rescuing a swimmer, and uh, we'll kind of relate it to the Bible in just a second. So take a peek here at Kevin Costner and this poor guy in the waters off the coast of Alaska. I'm a coast guard rescue swimmer. I'm here to get you to that helicopter. I'm here to save you from this water that will take your life as it's killed the other people. And it's the same thing as Jesus Christ saying, I'm here to rescue you from the power of sin that would one day send you to hell. I'm here to rescue you on judgment day so you don't have to face a Christless eternity. Come on. I'm here to get you to safety and I'm your only hope. It is the same type thing. But yet, if life is not a crisis, I mean, that old boy knew he was in a crisis. All his friends are dead around him. Hypothermia sets in pretty quick when you're in waters that are that cold. But imagine if you're swimming in Hawaii. I want to suggest to you that the entire human race may not be swimming off Alaska, but they're swimming off the waters of Hawaii. You say, beautiful Hawaii, yes, lagoons, hotels, good food, everything expensive, yes, that Hawaii but you're not close to the island you're a hundred miles away you pick your direction north-south-east or west you're a hundred miles away and you're just swimming in your living life you're treading water and it's not there because you're accident that's just what life is like you're swimming water you're treading water everything seems to be great everybody else is treading water too the only problem some people get old come on their hair starts to fall out accidents happen they just and they they go underwater you just figure well that's what happens you know in the off the nice waters of Hawaii You see, everybody, my friends, is facing the waters. If they could be a picture of eternal judgment, the waters could be a picture of life without Christ. Everybody is going down in this life. If you don't believe it, look in the mirror. Okay? I'll tell you what I mean, look in the mirror. When I looked in the mirror when I was 19, I saw this handsome guy who had a big afro, a white guy's afro, okay, it was in back then. It was so big, the hair would stick out of my football helmet. True story, out of the ears. I'd have to puff it in a little bit. My baseball hat sat on my head. Something happened. I guess it's my hairdresser, right? No, I'm getting older. The fact is, I've been treading water 56 years And at some point, you can't tread water anymore. How many know it's very clear you need to be rescued? And that's what Christ offers the human race, a rescue from the consequences of all of our sin. But listen, now God wants us to rescue other people. We don't just get rescued to get on the helicopter. Now God uses us to reach out to other drowning people. Let's keep reading. Proverbs 24. And I make this statement, God wants to use you and I to rescue people. Proverbs 24, verse 11, and I want you to read this first phrase with me. Let's read it out loud. It says, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Rescue those being taken away to death. Now, very broad interpretation. Clearly, it refers to the injustice of those having to experience death when they shouldn't have to, of those being carried away. Well, how many know Christ loved the world, the whole world, so that none should perish, but all should have life, And if you can see the equation, well, it keeps going on. If you say then, behold, we didn't know this, that is, that they were being taken away or I should rescue them. The scripture says, does not he who weighs the heart, this is God. God knows our hearts and our thoughts. He knows our neglect and he knows our participation. And will not God repay every man according to his work? What does that mean? Is that God will reward us as we participate in the rescue mission with Christ. You see, rescue happens every day pets are rescued. Uh, we adopted a pet. His name is Tucker, best dog we've ever had uh, uh, he, from the uh, pound downtown. Uh, when I saw him, uh, I thought, this is not the dog for me. A uh, good friend had, was working there, and poor Tucker had just been picked up, and he was in a, a room with 25 other dogs, and he didn't look like a dog that had Miller on his last name. But anyway, I, I, I let him at least see my daughter. I guess it was the Holy Spirit kind of nudging me, just at least let her play with him. They bonded just like that. He was a smart little doggy. Took him home, got him a haircut the next day, and he looked like a dog on designer magazines. I mean, he was <laughs> a dog, And he's been the best dog we've ever had. But he was rescued. He had a lot of friends in that same pound that didn't get rescued, and they're not here today. Firefighters do rescues every day. They're on duty right now. They're in the, 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 the firehouse and they're waiting for the bell to ring. And if the bell rings, they're down the pole. They're in the truck. They're going to someone's house. that's on fire because they care about people. If there's a car accident in town, they're called the fire and the emergency rescue. The fireman will go. They may use the jaws of life to spread open the door, to cut the metal, to get people out so they can save their life. Now hear me. They do that to save the lives of people who live a few more years. When you rescue someone as a Christian spiritually, you save their life for all eternity. You see, Jesus spoke to us about this idea of of our rescue mission. John chapter four. Jesus' disciples. You remember they're in a place called Samaria. He's talking to the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well, and uh, his disciples were hungry, so they went to Smashburger. Okay, it's my favorite burger place. They go to order for Jesus. I'm sure Jesus would have ordered like this. I want to create my own burger. I want a whole wheat bun. Uh, I I want mustard, pickle, lettuce, tomato, onions, the red onions, of course, not grilled or the white. And I want fresh jalapenos on that burger. Oh, and I want a a side of uh, fresh fried jalapenos to go with that too. That's probably what Jesus would have ordered. Now, I don't know what you think. Anybody like hot food? Have you tried this spice called slap your mama? they'll cut that out of the tape, of course. It is primo. But anyway, that's what Jesus would have ordered. (laughs) Jesus is hungry. He comes back. Jesus is talking to this woman, okay, which which is odd to begin with because in their day, men didn't talk to women like that, particularly Jewish rabbis. So one big cultural jump. The second was she was a Samaritan, a Jewish half-breed, and Jews certainly would not if you remember the racial tension between white and black in America surrounding Trayvon Martin and many other things, it's one of those type experiences. But Jesus jumped over the cultural boundaries, and Jesus began to talk to this woman because he cared about her eternal soul. He was trying to rescue her. Well, the disciples come up, and here's what they, uh, Jesus said. The disciples urged Jesus, Jesus, eat your burger. It's getting cold. That's kind of what it says, verse 33. But verse 34, Jesus said, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Jesus was hungry. He had that same deal. And here's what he's saying. Jesus is not saying don't eat. Jesus is not saying let your burger get cold. But what Jesus is saying is there's something more important than food. And it's the mission you're on. It's the rescue mission. If you're the fireman in the middle of the meal and you get the call because the house is on fire, you don't wait to finish your hamburger. You get right in the car. Come on, the truck, because the, 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 the emergency calls for you to act. It's the same thing for us. Now listen to the application. Jesus then quotes a proverb. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months till harvest. Now, that likely represented the fact that the time you planted the seed and harvested the corn, it was four months or whatever crop. You know, it's kind of like four months. And the implication is the seed's still young, the plant's young. It's not time to harvest yet. And now Jesus is making an application to the condition of the world. You realize today on this planet there are a little over 7 billion people. There are a little over uh, 2 billion Christians. That's one in three And if heaven and hell are real, come on, there's a lot of work for the believers to be able to do. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't you have a... uh, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are what? They are ripe to harvest. Open the fields. They are ripe to harvest. So what Jesus is saying is, I want you to look at people all around you today, and they're like fruit ready to be picked off the tree. I've got a persimmon tree in my yard and I noticed there were several other persimmon trees that are now growing around it. You know why they're growing? Because I let the fruit, the fruit fall off on the ground and it fell and it planted another tree. It, it, it was too late. And that, and that person, in this case, died without Christ. And what Jesus is saying all around you, there are people that are ready and ripe for harvest. The the world may be billions of people, but in Canada there's 75,000 or so. Retail base, a couple, 200,000 in, say, 50-mile radius. There's a lot of people around us. And you can't just tell by who's not in church on Sunday, but you can tell by looking in the newspaper, come on, there's some pretty sad things happening around here. I guarantee you that girl that stole those horses at SAU and, and all that process, I bet you she wasn't real active in her church Sunday school classes. See, you're looking to see the people in the orange jumpsuits on the front page of the newspaper doing whatever. I mean, stealing, robbing, raping, hurting, uh, all sorts of stuff. Listen, and Christians do make mistakes, and some of these could be believers, but I guarantee you the greater chances are the more you're following Christ, the more that old lifestyle is behind you. Come on, the more you're following Christ, the more apt that you are not to end up in a ride with the sheriff. You see, because Jesus changes those things in your life. He changes you. He turns you around. And there's people all around us that are drowning. And they may not just be the people in trouble. They may be the people that live in the big house and have the swimming pool come on and eat out every meal. But in their heart, they found that something is missing. Something is missing. See, you're probably like me. When I was was young, listen, I had... For a 19-year-old, things were going well for me. I graduated from high school. My dad gave me a new car. I was on an athletic scholarship. Uh, I was dating the head majorette and the head cheerleader in college. I mean, things were good. I mean, but on the inside, there was a hole that was empty that I kept trying to put things in it to fill, and nothing could fill it. And people are trying to find happiness in life. Listen, you may be here today. And you thought, if I could just get uh, the degree, I'd be happy. And you pursued it for ten, twelve years, and now you're a doctor, and that still doesn't make you happy. Come on, something's still missing. You just thought if you could get the big house, that would make you happy with the nice light gray carpets, and then somebody spilled something on it, and now you're not happy because you want new carpets come on, and it takes you so long to clean the house, and you don't have money to hire somebody money, job, prestige, whatever it is, if you just get the Super Bowl ring, you'll be happy. People realize all the time that there's a God-shaped hole in their hearts that only Jesus can fill. And you cannot fill it with other things in life. We were created to have relationship with God. And come on, that's what the rescue mission does. It restores us to the one that can give us life and peace and hope. Give Him a big hand this morning. He's worthy of our praise. Now, uh, these last couple of minutes, I want to tell you that it is easy to share your faith. So if you and I are the one with the life jacket, we may not have to go through Coast Guard school and jump in icy waters, but still it's a little inhibition or intimidation sometimes to talk to people about Christ. I want to tell you it's easy, and I want to show you a couple of things. First, I'm going to show you something that's going to make you laugh. I laugh every time I see it. Go ahead and take a peek here, and then uh, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll go forwards. I think Miss Edwards liked to walk on the wild side. What do you think? <laughs> I want you to get these little cards I handed out a minute ago. And let me tell you why they're so important. These are two things. They're invitation to church, but they're also a pattern to witness. Pull this out. I want you to look at it with me just a second. If you didn't get one, ask your neighbor if you can borrow one of theirs. But here's the deal. They're, and they'll always be at all the exits whenever you go. You pick them up because it's a pack a week that I'm encouraging you to do. Here's why. If you just invite somebody to church, which is the simplest thing you can do, I go through two or three packs of these every week, and here's what I do. For example, the other day, I was in a furniture store, and I was, my, my recliner had broken, and I went in to try to get it fixed, and there, uh, I went to the window. There was two ladies that were in there, and after she contacted the service guy, I pulled my little pack out, and I said, Hey, I'd like to give you an invitation to my church. I think you'll really like it. It's all online. You can check it out. And she pulled out a gun and told me to get out of her office. No, she didn't at all. I've never had anybody throw it back or anything. It's just that easy. It's just to say, hey, I want to give you an invitation to my church. I think you'll really like it. It's all online. You can check it out got the little barcode on the back kind of thing there. If they've got kids, if I'm in a restaurant and I see people with kids there, I know you love your baby because I love mine. I say, hey, I don't know if you have a church, but if you don't, we've got some great children's activities. i gonna give you an t- invitation to my church. I think you really like it. It's all online. Now, the only reason I'll take it back is if they say they already go to church somewhere. Listen, don't proselytize. If somebody's committed somewhere and they're locked in, God bless them, leave them there because there's plenty of people that don't, that, that don't have a church. You say, well, why do I want them to come to church? because if you get them here, they'll experience the presence of the Lord in worship, come on, just like you do. They'll have the Holy Spirit speak to their heart during, during during the Word of God, just like you do. They'll have somebody pray for them, come on, and God can touch their life, just like He touches your life. It's just possible that they could be rescued if you just, come on, point the rescue helicopter where the people are. Now, let me take it the next step, not just invite them to church. What if you feel like, you can have a personal conversation with this person maybe it's somebody that you know it's not a a passing person at the at the dry cleaners but it's a friend it's someone at work it's someone at a ball game and you're sitting by here's what I suggest you do and it's two questions I've got one on written on the top of this card if you ever feel to turn the conversation towards spiritual things here's what I think gets to the heart of the matter because usually we want to sneak up on it and say hey uh... do you go to church? I don't like church (laughs) or whatever just don't even go there. Why not you say this? Hey, i got a question. It's a real serious question. But if you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Now, now, that's an attention getter right there. Now, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? And see what they say. What my experience is, most people say yes, because very, people, very few people say, I'm on a highway to hell, and my friends are going to be there, so leave me alone. But most people don't say that. Most people say yeah but that's why the second question is so important say something like this hey look we're sitting in this restaurant here having a good time but what if some lunatic came in and started shooting people and we both died and we're standing before God and God says why should I let you into heaven what would you tell him that tells you my friend exactly where they are in terms of Christ If they tell you, because I prayed and invited Christ in my life and Jesus is my Savior, come on, because I'm trusting in the blood of Jesus to save and forgive my sin, you're on target. But most of them will say something like, I lived a good life, I don't know, I'm not sure. Here's what you say then. Hey, could I just take just a minute and tell you what the Bible says about the path to heaven? And it's right here on the top of your card. First thing I want to tell you is that all of us have sinned. It started with Adam and Eve. It's Romans 3.23. It's a problem we all have. That's why people die. That's why there's bad things in the world. It's all of us have got it. I've got it. You've got it. It's like a disease. It can't be cured. And the consequences are really bad because the Bible teaches that there's something called Judgment Day. Where we're going to stand before God one day and give an account for our life. And sin literally will send people to hell. Whether we believe it or not, the Bible teaches it's real. But there's good news. That's point three, the solution. That Jesus died for our sins. You know many other scriptures. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. That if you put your trust in Christ... Jesus is the life preserver. Jesus, listen, Jesus is Kevin Costner jumping out of the helicopter. I mean, Jesus is the one that can save you. And of course, the big decision is, big question. And I can't tell you how many people have said yes when I asked them this question. Would you like to put your trust in Christ today? Would you like to ask God forgiveness? And listen, are you willing to begin to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because if you are, He'll change your life. And then you give a little short testimony about how Jesus has changed your life. And I'll tell you, friends, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to make this work. There's power in this little guy. That's why I'm encouraging you, a pack a week, you pick up some more every time you come in the church because it's our job as Christians, come on. What we're trying to do here at Church on the Rock is connect people to God, friends, Ministry, and what's the one today? The world. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. He's worthy of our praise. Well, listen, uh, that kind of concludes this this series. Next, I'm going to take on something big in the next two weeks. I'm going to shift to I love my Bible. And what I'm going to do in two weeks is I'm going to teach you this whole Bible in two short messages. Most people don't know how the Bible fits together. There's 66 books uh, written by 40-some people. Uh, It's over several thousand years. Is there one message, and how do I understand the pieces? Well, that's what I want to try to do. Next week, I want to take the whole Old Testament and give it to you. And I'm going to follow themes and people and the the message of the Old the following week, the New Testament. And I want to encourage you to bring somebody. I I think it'll help a bunch. Because that'll help you with your 15 minutes a day with God. Let me wrap up here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to share this scripture and then we'll have a closing prayer. I'm going to go back and talk about this idea about rescuing lost souls, about our priority. Let me ask you this question. Let's say if you're, uh, it's the middle of the summertime and, and, and you're skiing with friends on Lake DeGray and you turn the motor off and you're going to change skiers and, and you hear a yell in, in, in the distance Help! Help! And you see arms flailing, but you don't see a life jacket. And you don't see a boat. So what do you do? You know what you do. You turn your boat and you go get them. What do you do if you're riding through the neighborhood and you get home late at night? You had to go into work or you had to run to the Walmart to get some medicine or something. It's two in the morning, you're coming home, and one of your neighbor's house is on fire. You see smoke starting to come out and and no lights are on. What do you do? I mean, you do whatever you have to. You bang on the door, you call them, you call 911, you drive your car through the locked door and say, get out, there's a fire. That's the same type thing we're talking about here. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone. In other words, I don't have to do anything for anybody. But listen to what he said. I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all people so I can reach a wide range of people. Paul said, I'll do anything to reach, rescue a soul for Christ. Religious people, I'm after them. Non-religious, just the same. People that are deeply moral people, or people that just live immorally, they matter to God. The defeated people, demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I didn't live like they lived. But I entered their world to experience things from their point of view. Now listen to the kicker verse. I've become all things to all people, so that by all possible means... I might save some. I become all things to all people so I might take this jacket and get the person to reach out their hand and take it. Because how many know I can't rescue you if you don't want to be rescued? If you want to die, you can die. But my job is to offer it to you and see if you'll take it. See, when Kevin Costner rescued a man he may have given him several decades of life but that man's gonna die again if you and I rescue someone for Christ they're gonna live for all eternity and I'm telling you friends you can do this this pack a week you can do it I know business owners who put scriptures on the receipts that come out of their cash registers you can do this people. Uh, just wearing your T-shirt. I love my church around town. Where do you go to church? Here. i got a little card I'd like to give you here. I think you really like my church. Check it out online. You can do this. A pack a week. You can share your faith. You can even ask somebody, are they 100% sure if they died today, they'd go to heaven? Come on, give the Lord a good hand today. I'm done. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? We're going to have a closing song and prayer. And as we before my general prayer I wanna ask you a question today If I can have your kind of attention for about a minute here let me ask you the big question today if you died today are you a hundred percent sure you'd go to heaven because I got news for you friends you may not have a doctor's diagnosis but one day you're gonna die one day you're gonna leave this world you may leave rich you may leave poor you may leave marriage, you may leave divorce, but you're gonna leave this world. You're gonna leave this world whether you have a big retirement or no retirement. One day you're leaving this place and one day the Bible says we're all gonna stand before God and give an account for your life. When I came to grips with that I was 19 years of age and a Gideon basically told me something that I never really heard in church. A Gideon told me that I could know Christ personally. That being a Christian was not just like New Year's resolutions, obeying a lot of rules and laws. Being a Christian was having a real relationship with God. Being a Christian was knowing what it means to have your sins forgiven and having a brand new chance at life to follow Christ. So I want to ask you that question again. Are are, are you sure? Because if you're not, you can be sure. We'd be honored to pray with you today. If you're like I was many, many years ago, a little bit religious, trying to live a good life, but it's not enough, you have to surrender your life to Christ and follow Him. Maybe you're here today and maybe you need that new start in life. It could be the first time you've ever prayed to commit your life to Christ or, or maybe you did as when you were younger, but you just kind of got away. You know how life happens. But you feel God's Holy Spirit here and you feel a drawing to God and you want to put your trust in Christ today. You want to surrender your life to follow Him. Either way, you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to get my life right with God today. I want to get on God's track for my life. Why don't you just lift your hand real quickly. I want to pray for you today. Say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to get my life right with God today. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Give him a big hand. Somebody else, say, pray for me. I, 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 God bless you too, dear. God bless you. God bless you too. I see your hand. God bless you. Somebody else, say, pray for me. I want to put my trust in Christ. You're not joining a church today. I'm just the one throwing out the life jacket today and pointing you to Jesus. Anybody else, say, pray for me today. Anybody else? Yeah, all right, praise the Lord. I want you that lifted your hand, come on up, let us pray for you now. Give him one more big hand. Bring your friend with you. Ladies, come on up, let us pray for you. You that lifted your hand, come let us pray for you. We want to give you something. We want to give you something. Best step you've made in your life, which is when you commit your life to Christ. Come on up, ladies. Keep giving him a big hand today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody's going to pray for you. going to give you something to help you live the Christian life. That's all we want to do today. Show you how to live this life and make it count for eternity. Praise the Lord. We're going to close in prayer this morning. Our prayer team is going to come back up. If you need prayer for anything, you come. Maybe you should have been over there but not sure you want to talk to somebody. We'll talk to you. Maybe the message sparked something in your life. <laughs> Maybe you're afraid to share your faith. I don't know what it is. But if there's something that you're drawing you to God and you want prayer, we're going to close that way right now. I want our prayer team to come back to the altar. And we're going to sing. And I want you to just follow them as you come. Let us pray for you today. We'll sing it through one time. And if you're not coming for prayer, let me really encourage you to take just a minute and say, Lord, help me be serious about this pack a week. Help me be serious about my responsibility to rescue people that are perishing. I love you very much.